Good morning. Yeah, there we go. Those are the people that, uh, did you guys have a good, good sleep, eh? Yeah, those are the ones that greet us. Good day, everybody. How's it going? I'm going to have to slip past the, the speaker here to say, hey, guys, nice to have you here. Oh, man. Let me see your smile lines, guys. Okay, there we go. Oh, man. I mean, everybody knows when Milo gets up, we've got to show them. We've got to show him that we actually brush our teeth. Show me, your, show me what toothpaste you use, guys. Just, aha, there we go. Oh, there we, oh, so brilliant, man. Come on. This is so good. It's so good to have you guys here. Um, I just want to introduce myself again for those who um, do not know me. My name is Milo, and uh, I have the privilege. Pl- 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 <laughs> Yeah, privilege of, um, of leading Prodeo, and we are so glad that you guys have joined us today. We are currently in a series called More, where we believe that God has so much more for us this year. No matter who you are, no matter what you're expecting, your age, I don't know, whatever it is, we believe that God not only has more for you, but He wants you to step into it. And so we've been in the series for the past few weeks, and as we continue with it today, can I ask you to turn with me to the book of John? And what we're going to do is I'm going to do things just a tad bit different, because normally I read a a whole passage, and then we pull things out of there. I want to take a passage, and I want to divide it into two sections that I want to read to you today, and then um, fill in the blanks as we continue So in John chapter 4 from verse 3, that is where we're going to be picking it up. So he, this is Jesus, left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus Tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. How many of you guys like taking a break at lunchtime? Yeah, it's it's biblical, man. Come on. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, uh uh-oh. Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? Because in verse 8, it says his disciples had gone into the town to buy him food. And now what I wanted to do is I just want to skim past a whole lot of verses, and I want us to continue in verse 27 of that exact same passage. This is where we pick it up. It says, just then his disciples returned and was surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want or why are you talking with her? Then Leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? And they came out of the town and made their way towards him. Today, I would like to talk to you. For those who are taking notes, I love giving titles. To our sermon today, the passage to to what God wants to speak to us and through us in with this title called, Go Back. 
before we do that, can we just pray? So Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for your love. We are no longer slaves. We are free. And so Father, in your freedom I pray, may you equip us, may you inspire us, may you put us on mission. Bless us today, we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, let me just see. Uh, I see we've got quite a few new people. Any of you guys have kids? Anybody have kids? Alrighty. Um, so that you guys know, I have three of them, and uh, that is enough. We, when we got married, my wife was like rugby team. I was like, yes. We had our first son, and I was like, the captain's okay. We can get other people to, you know, like help with the team. But I don't know if it's just me or if you guys have the same problem. Uh, my kids have a, a looking skills problem. Uh, we, 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 they come to us and they go, Mom, what was the latest thing? Mom, I can't find my swimming trunks. And Mom will go, I put it in your cupboard. And they go, but it's not there. And Ellie would go, go back and look. And then they'll get to the cupboard and I can't find anything. Growing up, I had the same issue, apparently. And my parents would always say, I don't know if you guys have ever heard this, my parents would say, if it was a snake, it would have bit you. I would go, if it was a snake, I wouldn't live here. I mean, like, come on, who uses that analogy with kids, man? It's like just weird. Or you, you, you send your kids to go and find something of yours. Hey? Just go to the room next to the bed on the side I sleep. There is a cabinet with a light on it. There's nothing else, and there's a book there. Bring me that book. He disappears. I think the rapture has taken place. I start repenting. Lord, I am sorry. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, kid is in his room playing with toys. I'm like, dude, what about the book? Oh, I don't know where it is. Did you look in my room? Yes, it's not there. I'm like, just go back. And have a look. And so what is now? How many of you guys know? Nine out of ten times, it's nine and a half times. I don't know how I get the half, but there was that one time. But nine out of ten times, when we send them to go and get something, it is always where it is. And so what we are trying to get them to understand is when you don't see it, go back and look again. Because as we read this passage, or these portions of this passage, it's a story where Jesus encounters this lady, and in between the passages that I read, he speaks and tells her who he is, that he is life-giving water, that he is the Messiah, and that he speaks into her life. But in order for him to have had this encounter with her, he had to leave Judea, and go back to Samaria. And what we're going to find is that in the two portions that we read, there are two instances where we encounter that word back. And in both instances, when Jesus went back, when this lady went back, lives were changed. And sometimes we need to come to the realization is that we need to go back.
Change starts in us, but it continues in other people. Because when God encounters us, He does something that changes us from the inside. It changes our thinking, changes our habits, it changes the way we see things. And the only way it ends is if we don't do anything with it. However, if we go back, if we leave the place where we've encountered him, and we go back to the place where it is familiar, the norm, the, the, the place where it's everyday life, we get the opportunity to change others. If this is the year for more, which we do believe it is, we need to go back. And I'm not saying go back to your old ways, your old habits. Maybe we need to go back. Take what you've learned and go back. Go back to your workplace. Go back to your homes. Go back to your, 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 your friends. And share something of what God has done in you with them. Currently in the series, we've been talking about, this is the vision of the church, is to connect ordinary people to an extraordinary God. And our mission, once we do that, once we tell people about Jesus, is to see their lives change through life-changing relationships. And we start with our relationship up, where we spoke about two weeks ago. Last week, we spoke about a life-changing relationship in. Look at all these beautiful people. Take a look around. Look, that smile. That we all brush our teeth. We are all healthy. There are some singles just saying... And then, not only do we have to have relationships within the church, but we need to have relationships out the church. So we are all about finding relationships up, in, and out. How many of you guys have friends that go, oh my gosh, now those are people that really need Jesus. <laughs> because if you don't have friends like that, there is a problem. Because we were called to go back and inspire them. We weren't called to separate ourselves and come in, holy huddle, and then leave. We need to go back. And so I just want to point out a few things from this passage as we continue. The first thing that I want you to understand is don't let the moment stop your mission. How many of you guys have ever had a moment? Um, for those who don't know, the way I met my wife, I walked into church, and there was this moment she walked past, and my mission ended right there. <laughs> I, I'm really sorry. That, that's what it was. Jesus, I love you, but wow, you are creative, God. And uh, it, was, it was really like that. I mean, I even sat, I, would, I came home, sat next to my mom, I'm like, who was that? It's like, who? The girl, which one? That blonde one. She was blonde. Took my breath away. But we all have these moments, moments in time, moments where, where, where things happen, and we need to make sure that we don't let moments stop us from the mission that God has 
got us on. What do you see when you go to work, when you hang with your friends, or even your family members that do not believe in Jesus? What is it that you see? Do you see, oh, just another day in the office? Oh, my family, again, they're just going to, oh, they're going to bug me, and this, that, and the other. And, and I love asking this question. How many of you guys know your neighbors by name? We've, we've got these neighbors. They are twins. Elderly gentlemen. I cannot tell them apart. And so my default is like when I don't know your name, if you're a guy, it's dude. So it's so like we know the one. He comes out and he only comes out at that time of the morning. And I know it seems like I go, Greeting by his name, but during the day, I have no idea who just stepped out the house. I go, yo, dude, how's it going? And he's way older than me. But it's like, I don't know. I can't tell him. And so the thing is, we, what do you see when you are in those circles, when you are outside of the church, when you are outside of the place where we have an encounter with Jesus? We need to change the way we see things. When you leave here, you need to go back and take another look. Because there are people that need to hear about the goodness of Jesus. We might look at them and go, that's a problem. I'm going to waste my breath. It is not time. But can I show you something here? Jesus had to go back to Samaria. Um, Samaria. Go back to Galilee. Wait, 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 where did he go? Yes, he. There we go, preacher, you missed it. He had to go back to Galilee, but he had to go through Samaria. And the Samarians and the Jews didn't like each other. Do you have people you don't like? Come on, don't be Christian now. I've ridden behind some of you guys. That hooter works well. But check this out. The Sumerians and the Jews didn't like each other. They were from the same line, but there was a difference. The Sumerians were a bunch of Jews at a time when they were taken away in captivity. And when they came back, they had married into a Gentile nation and brought their families with them and created this line of Sumerians. So they were not pure blood. I love us a, a mixed race. I'm just going to that one in there because we were in Cape Town. My Afrikaans is picking up. And, um, and so they didn't like each other. There was constant tension. So Jews didn't mix with Sumerians. Sumerians didn't mix with Jews. And most importantly, guys didn't mix with ladies. And here Jesus encounters a woman and where everybody saw outcast, he saw opportunity. So what is it that you see when you go back to your circles? Because there's this moment we can have to make a difference in someone's life. But sometimes those moments are shadowed by a whole lot of stuff. You know, like, oh man, I get so easily offended. Oh man, you see what that guy was wearing? His tackies, oh, so beneath me, literally. He doesn't speak properly. You know, he's got a, they, they've got slang. Oh, they're from the other side of the highway. 
But we have these moments where God wants us to be on mission that our moments get in the way. And what he is saying here is, don't allow a moment to take away an opportunity to change someone's life, but also to impact yours. We mustn't allow moments to stop us from telling someone about the goodness of Jesus. You see, she wasn't just an outcast to the Jews, she was an outcast to her own people. That is why she came and got water at a specific time, because she didn't want to hang with the people that she lived with, because they knew stories. Yay, oh, you know that guy? Mm-hmm. I've seen him. He lies. He cheats. He steals. Dun, 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 dun. You know that girl? Do you see what she has been doing? Remember what she said. You know, we, 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 we're getting to those groups where we don't fit in, even though it's our part of the world. And so she was an outcast from the people that walked through there, but she was also an outcast from the people she lived with. She had a moment of her own. But Jesus didn't see just a moment. He saw an opportunity. You see, where she felt guilt, Jesus says, I am freedom. I am restoration. Where you see hurt and pain, Jesus goes, I see an opportunity to raise up and to mend. But then she received something from him. And how many of you guys know our moments can stop us from moving forward? Have you ever had an encounter with God and wanted to tell somebody but then all of a sudden you remembered, oh, I think it will be wasted on this person because I know exactly what their life was like. Jesus said, don't measure up what their life's like. He goes, go and tell them. She didn't have a perfect life. She was flawed, but she knew one thing. He'd done something in me, and people need to know because change in us changes those around us. And we need to understand that because she leaves from a moment to go on mission. And no one didn't say that her gifting was an evangelist. No one said for, for the next five years she went to a Bible school. She put down her jaw and she left. She went back. The greatest thing to pause our progress is, oh, it's not my calling. I can't do that. Oh, I don't have time. And now you go, but Milo, you, you said three things. I thought you said the greatest thing. I did. In all of those sentences, there was one thing that stood out. If you didn't notice, it is I. I am the only one that can pause progress that God wants to do in my life. We need to get beyond who we are to understand who he is. You see, a lot of times, how many of you guys have very hectic work? Like, who works hectic hours? Who has kids in that busy time? How many of you guys still have to make food? Mm, let me see. All the single guys are going to McDonald's, Mr. Delivery. It's like, oh, my neighbors. I live with my aunt. She cooks for me. Uh, something that I want us to explain 
or to understand. From this that we learn is that faith and function aren't separate. Because we always go, I can't do this because I have to go to work. I've got no time. I can't get into his presence. I can't reach out because I have to look after myself. Work has been too crazy. But your faith and your function can't be separate from each other. Who you are at work and who you are at church should be the same. Because where does Jesus encounter this woman? At work. She just didn't have to clock in at the same time others did. It was in her work time that Jesus got hold of her. And most of the time, guys, I'm going to tell you this, it might be nice working for a church, but we don't get to meet half as many people as you guys get and have the opportunity to encounter. So Jesus connected with her, not at a conference, not at a Sunday service, not when it was convenient, but when she needed it. How many of you guys know some people need Jesus at work? Not just when it's good for us or when it's good for them. And what I'm not saying is, don't find the biggest Bible you have now and go to church or, or, or that you don't bring to church but take to work or the shiniest cross to hang around your neck. It's got nothing to do with that. It was the way Jesus interacted with her that changed her. Not the way she dressed, not what she did, or should I say, not how he approached, but how he communicated with her. How do you love people? We've been, we've been praying uh, for our church. Number one, that the church becomes a church with people of great faith. Number two, we've been praying that our church becomes people that love people. We want to be a people that loves people. If you want to see anything grow, we need to become a people that loves people. And um, I normally joke around um, praying. It's like, don't just pray for supper or when you're about to get a fine, you know, or when you're waiting for your results to come back. You know, I always, I, I always said, you need to pray more than that. But what if, at work, that time of praying for your lunch changes the way people look at you? Do people know who you are based upon who you are? So when you guys go and have, um, what are those things called, um, Work functions. How many of you guys have a work that loves you so much that they will feed you? If you have that work, you are blessed, man. They are so biblical. Feed the people and they will stay. But the best thing that we can do there is like, yo, guys, before we do this, can I just bless the food? Before we go into a meeting, guys, I know this is a big one, but can we just take a time to pray? Before we start our day, let's huddle quickly and what does God have for us. Lord, bless us, cover us, protect us. It's crazy out there. May the people that walk into our store feel encouraged. May they feel safe. Father, protect us. That is all Jesus did. He had a conversation with her. 
We talk about when we start life groups, when we get into a group, it's not about how well-educated you are and how smooth you can talk. Can you start a conversation? Because a conversation can change people's lives. Um, before I went coming to the ministry, I was working at a, a company in the, some, in the promised land of Secunda. <laughs> it's very far from here. And there was a lady that started the exact same week I started. And we actually became really good friends. She was from Gangster's Paradise. Uh, we were from Mapumalanga with these massive potholes. And um, so she came to our area for work, and we became friends. And once upon a time, she asked me, but Milo, why are you always so busy outside of work? Because I'm like, I have to go here, I have to do this. I'm like, well, well, I serve at our church. I, I do this. I, I would like to invite you someday. And she goes, no, I'm okay. But thank you for letting me know who you are. And one day, she came and she asked me a question about just why I do what I do. And I said, it's just because I love it. And because Jesus has done something in me, and, you know, it's just who I am now, so that is what I do. And so she goes, interesting, and she walks away. And so I find this video, and I give her this video, and it's this guy, he, he's a, he, he knows how to string words together, and he talks about Jesus, the church, and who we are, and what relationship is above religion. And I send her this video, and I'm like, just watch it. A year after I start, I leave and I go into full-time ministry, but we stay friends. A year after I left, she sends me a message. She goes, the video you sent to me two years ago impacted my life so much, I didn't know what to do. And so I went to go find a church. I gave my heart to Jesus, and I'm getting baptized this weekend. Will you be there? And I was like, it will be an honor. I did nothing. I had a conversation. A year after that, she phones me up and she goes, you know what? I found a guy. We are getting married. Will you officiate our wedding? I'm like, come on. It was a guy and a girl that loved Jesus and loves each other. And it was a simple video. Faith and function aren't separate. And we make it so easy for you guys. We've got, last week I told you about the testimony we had where we handed out a, a card. Can I get one of those cards, please, babe? A simple card that says, you are loved, that changed a woman's life. And if a card can do that, and a video can do that, when it's inconvenient for most people, imagine what God can do when you just go, this is what he's done in my life. And I need to go back and tell somebody. So when pursuing more this year, I need you to know that faith and function aren't separate. But it's a platform to tell people about how good Jesus is. We use big words in church. Christianese is what they call it. My kid asked me, what is the most difficult language to learn? And my youngest boy, he goes, it's Japanese. I go, no, my son, it's Christianese. He goes, what is that exactly? It's a problem. 
But how many of you guys have a testimony of how good God has been in your life? And we go, oh man, he's going to ask me about what God has done in my life now. Let me hide behind my mask. But check this out. This is the last point that I just want to share with you guys today. As we pursue a relationship beyond these walls, is that everybody has a story to tell. How many of you guys have gone away for a weekend and come back and told someone about your great weekend? About the fish you caught? He was net so groot. Hey, you've gone out with your, your, your wife or someone has taken someone out and they come back and it's like, did you guys, you got to go to this place, man. They make tongue taste like steak. Mmm. You guys, mmm. Mmm. It's true. Mmm. But everybody has a story to tell. And everybody is intrigued by what you have to say. But in Christian terms, we call that a testimony. And sometimes we go, but my testimony isn't as great as someone else's. Or my testimony doesn't make any sense. But have a look at this lady. Check this out. I want to close off with just a few verses. John 4, verse 39 to 42. It says this, Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. At this point in time, they didn't share Jesus. At this point in time, they didn't find a chair with their names on it. At this point in time, you know, we didn't, hey, you know you've got to be able to say this prayer. All that happened was she told them a testimony that says this, he told me everything I did. I know there were some ladies that go, yeah, everybody knows that. But it was the way she came back. It was the person she had encountered. And then because of the change that was happening in her, changed the people around them. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with him, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. And they said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you have said. Now we heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior. We, we used to tell our kids, like, um, who does certain things in our house? And uh, in, anybody does Father Christmas yeah, with kids? Yeah. And, uh, you know, we want our kids to grow up with excitement. So, you know, we're like, Father Christmas is real. And for a long time, my boys were like, yeah, man, this Father Christmas is awesome. And my oldest son looked at me one day, and he goes, you look oddly familiar, Dad. Walk with me. And he goes, I won't tell them, but I know it's you. I know you bless us. 
with everything that we have. But I won't tell you, my brother, I won't tell Becky. But you don't know my son. He tells everybody everything. Including what Jesus has done in his life. He got saved and, and, and at a very young age. And then when we moved to Cape Town, the beginning of last year, when we, when we came to this church, my boy goes, I want to get baptized. And so he goes and tells his teacher, his swimming coach at school, his swimming coach at the club, his cricket teacher, he goes, I'm getting baptized on Sunday because this is what Jesus has done in my life. Will you come to church and just be a part of it? Because he has a story to tell. And from that, we have seen people come to church, come to experience God. We don't know why their walk is with Jesus at this moment, but everybody has a story to tell. Your story is not insignificant. It can be about, I've been saved from addiction, or I've just been saved from my anger. Or it can be, I just got saved because of his goodness. And everybody's going to see, well, what can God do in my life? You have a story to tell. So can I tell you, don't stay here. There is a whole, I don't know, northern province, no, western province, northern suburbs that needs Jesus. And the only way they're going to find out about him is if you go back. You go back home. You go back to work. You go back to your neighborhood and you tell them about Jesus. I want to tell you something. In our church, we have someone that was abused for years. She came to our church and she told us her story and she goes, I want to create a safe space where people can come in and we can just pray for them because that is what people need. So I'm going to tell you this now. She has a story to tell. But if you know someone that is battling with depression, battling with um, abuse, whether it be physically, mentally, or emotionally at home, bring them here. We've got people that will pray with them. They'll be safe. We won't tell people about what's going on. We're just going to be that church that goes, can I tell you what Jesus can do? Because you see, this is the thing. She felt guilt. She felt ashamed. So she separated herself from the rest of the crowd. But when God encountered her, it wasn't about what I can do. It's about who has done something in me. And without her knowing, we see what he can do through her. And if we want to see change come into our, our towns, our cities, our families, we need to go back. Can we pray?